Today we want to talk about Paul and Silas from the book of Acts chapter 16. If you have your Bibles that you're supposed to have with you, if you listen to last week's message, turn to the book of Acts chapter 16. The book of Acts chapter 16, and I want to remind you one more time that we're going to be people of the Word, and to be people of the Word, we're going to bring the Word, so I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. The book of Acts chapter 16, I want to start in verse 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gained by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and, and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High who proclaim the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. And Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And they had brought them to the magistrate. They said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. And the crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore their garments off and gave orders to beat them with rods, and when they have inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, And the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer awoke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out in a loud voice, saying, Don't harm yourself, for we're all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must we do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to them and all who were in his house. They took him that same hour of the night and washed their wounds and he was baptized at once. He And all of his family. Then he brought them up into the house and set food before them, and they rejoiced along with his entire household that he he had believed in God. Father, thank you today for your word. God, I pray that it would find place in our heart that we would hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say to us. God, open up our lives and help us. Help us to live for you in a way that whether we're in good times or whether we're in bad times, that we live in such a way that people see the love of Jesus, the joy of Jesus, and the peace of Jesus in our heart. We thank you for it in your name. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. Here I am, send me. And that's exactly what 
Paul and Silas were doing. They were sent by the Lord to take the gospel to other places. And as they were doing that, we learn in this story today that there was a woman who was possessed by the enemy and he caused her to do things that made people make money. And she followed around declaring and yelling and distracting from the message of the gospel that Paul and Silas was trying to preach. And it says that it annoyed Paul. And so Paul turned around and rebuked the enemy that was in her, not her, but the enemy that was in her. And that enemy left and she was healed and made whole. But those that were making money because of that got angry and they beat Paul and Silas and they threw them in prison. And so there's a few things that I want everybody to gather from this story. And that is sometimes even when you're doing right things and good things, bad things still happen. Sometimes even when we're doing right, and we are living right, life still happens. And it's not a sign that you're not doing the right thing. You could be very well living your life for Jesus and still have stuff happen. Your tires may still go flat. Your toy may still break. But God is still God in those moments, right? He's still the same God that called you. He's the same God that sent you. God is still God. In the good times and in the bad times, he is still God and he is still good. So no matter what you're facing today, no matter what you're going through today, you can rest assured that the peace of God, the power of God is with you. His word says that I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, but I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus' promise to you is that I'll always be with you. Whether it's going wonderful, whether you've got a lot of money, whether you don't have any money, God's still with you. Whether you feel 100% or you don't feel so good today, God is still with you. Whether you're trying to do the right thing and you get in trouble for doing the right thing, God is still with you. You know, pastor, when I was about 16 years old, I went down to the mall and I began to tell people about Jesus. And so I would just walk around the mall and I would tell people about Jesus. And while I was doing that, uh, a police officer came up to me and he told me that I couldn't do that. And so I, I had a choice to, do I obey this police officer or do I go to jail? Well, I got kids in the room, so I'll tell you that I obeyed the police officer, which is exactly what I did. I didn't want to because I felt like these people needed Jesus. I didn't want to because I felt like that I still had the right to do it, but he was authority. And so I stepped outside. And so as people were leaving, because he couldn't kick me out of the parking lot, he could only kick me out of the mall. I, I was standing outside and I was witnessing to people and sharing Jesus with people as they were going outside. Because how many of you know, even when things don't unfold the way you think that they unfold, doesn't mean that God's not working. I said, it doesn't mean that God's working. When that person that you're trying to talk to at school or that person that you're trying to talk to at work or that person that, you're, that is your family member that you keep telling them how much Jesus loves them and it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere, how many of you know God's doing the work? Whether you can understand it, whether it feels like it, whether you see it or not, God's doing the work. And so in Paul and Silas, they got thrown into prison. Now this wasn't a, you know, like, the tour of Alcatraz like I did when I was 10 years old and got put in the prison and then got out and got a free hot dog, okay? It wasn't that. I mean, they were beat and they were put in the inner part of the prison like a dungeon. 
And you could think that when I got put in this dungeon or if I got put in a place like that, that I would have an opportunity to go, God, I'm just doing good things for you. Why am I here in this prison? Or God, you know, I, I'm just trying to serve you. Why does my tires get flat? Or God, I'm just trying to serve you. And why did that bill come? And why did that happen? And God, I'm just trying to serve you. But when Paul and Silas were thrown into prison and they got put in the inner part of the prison, they didn't have that attitude. You know why? Because they knew God was still God no matter where they were placed. And if there's anything this culture or anything this world needs or anything your classmates need to see is they need to see that no matter what we're going through, that Jesus still makes us happy, that Jesus still gives us peace, that the joy of the Lord is still our strength. And so in that prison, Paul and Silas at midnight began to sing and praise God. And as they were singing and praising God, God showed up. Now, when I look at this story, I would think that they had all the reasons not to sing. I don't feel good. I've been beat, right? They were out of sweet rolls when I made it to church today. I'm not worshiping, right? Ran out of gravy, the chocolate kind, Right? And we get, we get that attitude because we think everything's not going our way. But how many of you know that we sang this last week, our praise is a weapon. So when we begin to praise, the Bible says that as we begin to praise God, that our praises go up and his glory or his power comes down. That's what the book of Psalms teaches us. So people, when we begin to praise God in the midst of our circumstances, even when they're not great, when we begin to give God glory and we begin to praise God, he inhabits the praises of his people. So as we begin to pray, as we begin to worship, even when it doesn't seem like it, or even when we don't feel like it, or even when we don't like the song, or even when we don't know the song, but we worship anyway, even when we don't feel good, even when things are not good, even when we're in the middle of a prison, we're going to lift up our voice and we're going to worship God in the midst of those moments. And what we find in this passage of scripture is that as they began to praise God, God showed up in that prison and caused an earthquake and all the doors fell open and the chains fell off of them. Man, that's, that's powerful. And that's what happens when we begin to praise God. What that is is a picture, everybody in this place today, it's a picture of what happens in our lives as we begin to praise God. As we begin to praise God, the prison that we're in begins to open. Come on, somebody help me. When we begin to give God glory, the door comes open and the chains that have held us bound fall off. And that's why we worship. That's why you'll hear me say, lift your hands, lift your voice. You'll hear me say it almost every week. And it's not because I need to see your hands in the air that makes me feel good. It's because I want you to worship God so that God's glory shows up and the prison doors go open and the chains fall off of your life. And that you walk in joy and peace and victory. Not because everything's good, but because God is good. And he turns things around. He works all things together for the good of them who love him and are called according to his purpose. They begin to praise God in the midst of a bad situation. How many of you know that sometimes it takes tough situations to bring out what's really inside of us? I meant to bring a tea bag this morning and I forgot. 
But a tea bag is a little filtered bag. It's got tea in it, tea leaves. And you take that and you do what with it, guys? You put it in what? You just put it in regular water? You put it in hot water. Why do you put it in hot water? Because that's what really makes the tea produce, right? Now, if you hold the bag up, do you have tea? No, you got tea leaves, but it doesn't produce the tea. What produces the tea? When you put it in the hot water. In other words, sometimes things happen in our life. Sometimes the pressures and the, and the things of life press us in, but that's what produces the good fruit in our life. How many of you know when you squeeze your toothpaste, it comes shooting out? If we had our own building, I would have had toothpaste and plastic, and we could have just squirted it out just as an illustration because it sounds fun. Don't do it at home. Don't do this. I'm speaking to the men in this room, really, not all the fathers that are going home and going, I'm squeezing the toothpaste. But how many of you know you don't really, you take the cap off, but you really don't know what's in it. You don't know what color it is. You don't know anything about it until you squeeze it. And when you squeeze it, what's inside comes out. And sometimes life squeezes us. And when it does, what's in us comes out. And sometimes what comes out is a reminder that we need to get those things fixed by Jesus, right? Sometimes when, we're, when we don't get what we want or we are not happy in life and we get squeezed, what's going on on the inside of us, what's really in our heart starts coming out. And that's why we always need to allow the Lord to work on our hearts, so that when life squeezes us and tests come and, and problems happen, what's on the inside of us that comes out is like Paul and Silas. It's praises. It's the glory of God so that people see the love of God in us as we begin to worship him, as we begin to praise. And so in their prison, they began to praise God. And when the chains opened and the, um, the chains fell off and the doors opened. The jailer came in and he said, oh my goodness, they're gonna, I'm going to be put to death because it was my responsibility. But Paul said, hey, hey, don't do that. We're all still here. And he said, because of how Paul and Silas worshiped God, because of even in a bad time, they still gave God glory. This jailer who did not know God looked at him and looked at the results of what was going on. In other words, when, when life squeezed Paul and Silas, goodness came out, worship came out. When they were thrown in prison, they didn't, they didn't get a bad attitude. Paul was a Roman citizen. He shouldn't even been put in jail in the first place. And yet he let the goodness of God come out because he knew God was going to be faithful. And the man who did not know Jesus watched somebody going through a hard time and praising God in the midst of that. And that's what caused this jailer to say, I want to, what do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to give my life to Jesus? Because I want you to learn something. Everybody sitting in this place today, how we live our life determines whether we rescue other people or not. If you're ugly to the waitress... Because you're having a bad day, you're not sharing the love of Jesus with her. You're showing her the same thing she gets every day. But when you show kindness and when you sow love, I know that I've made an impact when I get up out of, the, out of the chair and I go to walk away from a table and the waitress will hug me. I'm like, okay, well, hallelujah, thank you, okay. What's your name again? <laughs> 
you know? Because I realized that something bigger happened than her just bringing a meal to my table. God used what we were talking about. God used the joy that was in our life to be a rescue to her life. So we have to allow God to do that work in our lives. Listen to me. So that we live our life in such a way that other people are rescued to Jesus because what Jesus is doing on the inside of us. And the real key to this story is that no matter what you go through, Jesus always sends you help. Hear me. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, Jesus always rescues you because that's what his word says he'll do.